God is good. All the time. Amen. Today we're doing our last installment of our Compassionate Interaction series. And I, I've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed it as we've walked through this. If you've missed any of them and want to go back and see them again, they're available online uh, through our video. They're also part of our podcast. We have podcasts. You can go back and listen if you prefer that way. But I would encourage you to do that if you've missed any or want to go through them again. Uh, real quick, I just want to do a quick review of them. We're looking at how Jesus interacted with people and how he did it compassionately. The first week we looked at his relationship with Andrew and how he took time to build relationship with him. The second week was Zacchaeus who said we little man who thought we little man that's unfair to him but the story of redemption and compassion through the redemption that Jesus brought the Samaritan woman at the well and how Jesus went to an outsider went to this outsider and showed her compassion Nicodemus Pastor Terry brought shared the story of Nicodemus with us and that invitation that he gives to him to, to Nicodemus and his compassion that he shows by inviting him and we looked at the lawyer and the story around the parable of the Good Samaritan and how Jesus welcomed questions and also allowed this man to process through the words that he was saying and he didn't look and demand an answer but he let him process what Jesus was teaching and telling him. We saw the Syrophoenician woman, and again, an outsider, but this time Jesus didn't go to this outsider, but rather received this outsider, and he allowed for margin. He was on his way to a retreat. He was going to someone's house to get away, and he allowed for margin to be interrupted by this outsider, and yet he gave her what she was asking for. Pastor Chris then talked to us about Thomas, and of course we, th we always think about doubting Thomas, but he was not the only one that doubted in that story. We saw that the, the other disciples doubted as well, and that there's nothing wrong with doubt, as long as we're not just sitting in that doubt, but that we're working through that doubt and looking for answers to, our, to the doubt. And we saw the accused woman. And the justice that was brought to her through the compassion of Jesus. And then last week, Andy was here as he was working through his lead program that he's doing. And he brought us and taught to us about the rich young ruler. And the question that was the challenge that was given to him, are you all in? Are you all in for Jesus? And so that's what we've been looking at today. We look at our last one, and this one is the story of the centurion. So if you have your Bibles and want to turn to Luke chapter 7, we're going to look at Luke chapter 7 today. Uh, I'm excited. Next week starts Advent. This week being Thanksgiving, we start Advent next week, and so we'll be getting a new series next week. And that series leading up to Christmas, we're going to be looking at different traditional Christmas carols as part of our sermon topics each week and how they point us to Jesus. And so I, I'm excited about this because most people out there that don't even know the true story gospel, they know Christmas carols. And so we're going to be sharing each week when we put out our Thursday uh, facts you can use, be looking on there and you'll see which Christmas carol it is. And you can invite people to come and hear someone talk about Christmas carols, and uh, we're going to point that to Jesus, so uh, be aware of that. So uh, Luke chapter 7, if you found that, I would encourage you to go ahead and stand, and we are going to read God's Word this morning. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. 
There a centurion's servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to, to sent <laughs> sent some elders of the Jews to, to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a, am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Father, we thank you again for this, uh, this piece of history that we read today. This happening that took place between Jesus and the centurion. And Lord, we ask that as we take time to look at this, that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to receive what you were saying to us. Father, so that we could be more like you, so that we can know you more, so that we can become like you, or more importantly, so we can serve you effectively in this world, whether it be among each other as brothers and sisters in you, or it be to a world that's lost and needs you. Lord, we bless you, and we ask for your blessing on this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Maybe seated. So the, the title, the, the, the heading here on my chapter is The Faith of the Centurion. Anyone have anything different on theirs? What's it say? Go ahead, out loud. Jesus heals the centurion's servant. There we go. Jesus heals the centurion's servant. Any others? Out loud, just like that. Faith of the centurion. Any others? I love these different headings <laughs> and even how they're different in each one. Uh, same story, same story, but different headings, right? And why do I bring that up? This story is also in Matthew chapter 8. We can find it there. And when you go to the Matthew 8 uh, version of the story, it's a little bit different. Why is that? Well, different people wrote it. Different people saw it. Different people, uh, it was written to a different audience. There are differences that we find. Some people get hung up on those differences, but the reality is it's two different authors written to two different groups. Luke writes to the Gentiles, Matthew writing to the Jews, and so there's going to be a different perspective. Right now, we are all in this room experiencing this moment right here, but your perspective is different than mine, isn't it? Yet, both of our perspectives are perfectly true. So we see things differently. So we don't want to get hung up on the differences that we see from two different authors to two different audiences. Instead, we want to focus in on the heart of the story. So Jesus enters Capernaum. He comes in. As he's there, uh, almost immediately, immediately, whether he's been there, we don't know. Time is so weird when it comes to Scripture, isn't it? <laughs> he comes in. Centurion has heard of Jesus apparently, knows who he is, knows what he's done. So he asks these other 
Jewish elders to go talk to him on his behalf. And apparently there's a good relationship there. His servant is sick. It says that he is, this is a special, highly valued servant. Slave. It's probably a better way to say it. Slave. Young boy. Slave. But he's highly valued to him. To me, this is amazing that the elders would do this for him. And why does he do it? Because they like this guy. They like him. He's done good things for him. He loves the nation of Israel. He's built them their synagogue. There must be some kind of relationship there. Jesus is amazed by this, that these Jewish elders would come and speak on his behalf. So he goes. He says, okay, I will go. On his way there, other friends come out. So I don't know, was there a crowd? How loud was this crowd? Jesus, they heard Jesus coming and finally said, hey, you know what? Go out, tell him, listen, uh, he doesn't need to come to my house. I'm not even worthy for him to come to my house. Uh, I understand how authority works. He knew who Jesus was. He says, I, I am a man under authority. Even the way he uses that phrase to talk about who he is to me is amazing. I am a man under authority. I understand authority. All he's got, I, I understand. I can tell a guy to go, and he'll go. I can tell a guy to come, and he comes. I understand it. All Jesus has to do is say, and it'll be done. And Jesus is amazed by this. Wow. And then he basically insults the crowd that's there, the disciples, anyone else that's following, that are Jews, even these Jewish elders that have come. And it says, I have not seen such great faith anywhere in Israel. If I was one of those disciples, one of those Jewish elders, I would have been insulted by this because he's talking about a Roman Gentile, soldier even. Probably would have been upset. This is the second time Jesus talks about great faith and we talked about the other time with the Syrophoenician woman. Both Gentiles. One a man, one a woman. One of great stature, one of probably lesser stature. Yet they have one thing in common, they have great faith. So what do we know about the centurion? We, we, we don't know a lot. This is the only story that we see this one in. Maybe this is the centurion from other stories. We don't know. Chances are probably not. But centurion means he was responsible for how many men? A hundred men. Responsible for a hundred men. You have, I, I... I would guess that you have to be pretty good at what you do to be put in charge of a hundred men. Anyone agree? Anyone here want to be in charge of a hundred men? <laughs> That's some stuff right there. He's sensitive to the Jewish faith. Maybe a proselyte. Maybe he's converted. We don't know. But he's sensitive to it. He's put money towards it. His enemies, these Jewish elders, they speak well of him. They don't come to Jesus. They don't not go to Jesus when he asks. He goes. So this guy, he's, he's well liked. They speak well. He has great friends that want to help him. He shows great concern for his slave. Great concern. I imagine this guy's a big heart. Slave Pais, P-A-I-S is the Greek word used there. Young boy, 
We don't know how old this guy is. How long would it have taken him to become a centurion in the Roman armor, in the Roman army? How old would he have been? Maybe this is a grand. Maybe he sees this kid like a grandson in his family. I don't know. But he means a lot to him. Think of the person that you, what are the words? Highly value. Wouldn't you do about anything to get that person well if they were sick? I think that we see that this man is generous. It says he loves the nation. He's built a synagogue. I don't think that's very cheap. So he's generous. I think he's humble. In the Matthew story, it says that he, beg, that, he did, that he begged for him to heal him. He did not demand it. Responsible for 100 men, Roman soldier. Do you think he could have demanded it? Instead, he begs. I think it shows his humbleness, his humility. We're talking about a man that's humble. He says, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. He understands who Jesus is. And he says, listen, I know who I am. I know who you are. I don't deserve to have you come to my house. So I think this guy's humble. The third thing is, he says, I'm a man under authority. Wait a minute. I thought, I thought, he, was, I thought he was over 100 men. Right? When a guy normally who's over 100 men introduce himself as I'm over 100 men. But instead he says, I'm a man under authority. I think we're talking about looking at a man who is humble. Yet he understands authority. He understands authority. Let me ask you this question. Does our current culture here in the United States, do they like, just yes or no, do they like authority? Okay, this group right here, do we like authority? Wow, you guys are real. Well, the first service, they were all like, mumble, mumble. <laughs> yes or no? Does our culture today understand authority? Do we understand authority? Well, that was more of the mumble, mumble. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think we truly understand authority. I don't think we truly understand authority. Apparently, this guy does. Apparently, this guy does. He gets it. He knows who Jesus is. He understands who Jesus is. He respects. He responds. He, he man, I'm a man under authority. He doesn't lord that over, that authority over anyone else because he knows I'm under authority first, but then he gets that I also have people under me. And what does Jesus say? He has great faith. Great. Anyone want to hear that from Jesus one day? Amen. Hey, I'm, I got to this part a little bit quicker than last service. Usually when we've done this, previously for other ones, we, we kind of set it up to where we read the story, we kind of retell the story, we look at kind of the character of the person, and then we say, what do we learn, how do Jesus interacts with this person? Uh, but in looking at this story and reading and processing, it's, for me, I couldn't help but say, man, we can learn almost as much from the centurion in this story as we can from Jesus. And so I've got three things that we learn from the centurion and three things that we learn from Jesus. So that's six points in about nine minutes. 
You ready? Hey, that's better. I only had seven minutes in the first service. What do we learn as followers of Jesus from the centurion? First thing is this. He recognized the authority of Jesus, and we need to do the same. We need to recognize the authority of Jesus. And to continue that then, the authority that then Jesus gives. I really believe that had Jesus chosen to send the disciples to act on behalf, that he would have responded just as respectful to Jesus' disciples. I don't know that for sure. But from what I read about this guy, he would have said, you know what? I, I have men that I say go. I have men that I say come. Jesus just said, told his guys to go. I, I'm going to listen to them. I, I believe he would have accepted that just as much as if Jesus had come. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. How much? All. all. That's who Jesus is. All authority. And then he gives authority. Hebrews 13, 17. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. That's the scary part for us. For those that must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden for what? For that would be of no benefit to you. Whose job is harder? We recognize the authority of Jesus and the authority that he gives. Second thing we learn from the centurion is to walk in humility. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Proverbs 11.2 When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. I think the centurion shows a lot of wisdom in his humbleness. The third thing that I think we learn from this centurion is this, that he cares for others and so should we. Philippians 2, 3, and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. In Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Care for others. Naturally, this flesh wants to look straight to who? The person we spend the most time with. <laughs> Our flesh wants to look straight to here. We want to take care of our needs first. But scripture says that we should be looking to others. I'll tell you this. This is not easy for me to look to others and care for others first. That's not what comes naturally. E e even in my personality, I tend to be a little bit more task oriented. I see a job. I need to get it done. I'm going to do the job. That, that's how I'm made. And you can ask the staff, I, I often pray, Lord, allow me to not be so focused on a task that I miss the opportunity to love people in the name of Jesus. Because I know naturally that's what I would do. And I have to pray that prayer almost constantly. Because I don't want to miss the people that Jesus would have me love. That we care for others. 
So from the centurion, we learn that we recognize the authority of Jesus, that we learn to walk in humility, and we learn to care for others. From Jesus, we learn, well, two of the things we've talked about already in this series. First, and again, compassionate to the outsider. Roman centurion, Gentile, and Jesus takes time and allows margin to go. I don't, when Jesus entered Capernaum, he had just come from doing a whole bunch of teaching. Now he comes into Capernaum. I'm sure he had an idea of where he was going, what he was going to do. And he gets interrupted by a Roman Gentile. And he shows compassion to the outsider. Just like the Samaritan woman at the well, just like the Syrophoenician woman, he takes time and goes to her. The second thing we, that we learn again is that he allows for interruptions. He allows for interruptions. Just like when Andrew came to him and he took time to build a relationship, he allowed for interruptions. Just like again the Syrophoenician woman, he allows for interruption. Are we compassionate to outsiders? Do we allow for interruptions? The final thing here from Jesus, and we're going to end with this one, is the idea of faith. Jesus recognizes and honors those with faith. He recognizes and honors the faith. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's faith. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Apparently, somewhere along the line, the centurion heard about Jesus and who he was. And because he heard, he had faith and believed. Back to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll go to verse 1. It says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The centurion was hoping for that Jesus would come and heal. And he did. Faith. Now I know this can be controversial when we talk about faith. <laughs> Scripture tells us that we need to have faith. And we need to increase our faith. He often makes fun of the guys and says, you of little faith. I don't want to have any of those things. Yet we also, in our culture, especially our church culture in America, we hear things about faith healer and, you know, is it our faith that heals or is it Jesus that heals? How does that really work? And, and that can be kind of controversial, right? One of my favorite examples of this, uh, well, growing up, one of my favorite movie series that I enjoyed watching was uh, Indiana Jones. Anyone else? Indiana Jones? Uh, the third one, The Last Crusade, was my favorite. And I uh, thought that was, personally, just think that's the best one. If you want to talk about that later, we can. Uh, but I love the scene Indy, Indy is, has, uh, Indy has, well, Indy was the dog's name. Junior um, has had the book. He studied. He'd gotten to the place where his dad had gotten. He'd gotten to the, the lion's mouth, lion's head, and he had to take the leap of faith. You guys, if you've seen it, you know where I'm at. From his perspective, coming out of the cave and this huge crevice in front of him, he had to take this leap of faith, and it looked like this was too far to go. And what's he do? He holds the book. He takes the book. He holds it here. He puts his leg out. Don't worry. I'm not going to go down. This is my bad leg. Um, and he steps down. And he steps down. And what, what, where's his foot land? On this bridge. Now, this rock bridge was there 
the whole time, but because of his perspective and the way it matched up with the cliff on the other side, he couldn't see it. And with this bridge, he was able to go across. What allowed him to go across? What allowed him to go across? The bridge. If the bridge hadn't been there, what, if, what would have happened? He would have fallen. He could have had all the faith in the world that something was going to catch him, but if that bridge hadn't been there, where would he have gone? Was it his faith? No, it was the object of his faith. He didn't know that bridge was going to catch him. He just believed that that bridge. And to me, that's Jesus. We have to have faith. We have to step out in faith. But it's not my faith. My faith would, it's that bridge that kept me. It's Jesus that catches us. It's Jesus that heals us. And my favorite part in that whole scene is nothing that I've talked about yet. It's after he crosses the bridge and he grabs what? What's he do? What's he do? He grabs the dirt and he throws it across the bridge so that those coming behind him can see the way to go. That's what our faith gets to do. We get to point others the way to go. So where are you at today? Maybe you need healing. You want to come pray for healing? Maybe it's something you need to lay in front of Jesus. You come, come lay it in front of Jesus. Maybe you're saying, hey, I feel like one of those little faith people and I want to say, Lord, increase my faith. I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to have a time for you to respond. If, you, if you're saying any of those things, I want those. Guys, our, the altar's open. Come pray. Come ask for this. Our elders are here. They want to pray with you. They want to pray for you. Healing. More faith. The crazy situation that's called life right now. The elders want to come and pray. But we don't know if we can come pray unless you come too. Whether you come up here now, whether you meet them in the prayer room, we encourage you. One of those hits you, pray today. Father, we love you and we thank you. You are good. You are good. Jesus, you have all authority and our faith is in you. Because you're the one that provides the way. You're the one that heals. You're the one that increases our faith. So we ask for those things today. God, help us to walk in your authority. Help us to walk in humility. Help us to care for others. Help us to seek the outsider and have time for them. Help us to walk in faith. Thank you, Jesus.